You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your message while become known as an authority in your field? Industry Thought Leader Podcast will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Industry Thought Leader Podcast brought to you by Podcasting With Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard and become that influential voice in your industry with a podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now I'm going to introduce someone to you who is herself a podcast pioneer and uh, I know she's going to blow you away with all of the things that she's going to share on today's show. But before we do, just a reminder for those of you who have reached out or you are thinking about launching a podcast in 2020 but you just don't know where to get started a reminder that the doors are closing soon for my podcasting with purpose it's the 90 day idea to launch your thought leader podcast it's an immersive program we go through it together and we're launching in february 2020 if that sounds like something you want to learn more about and get involved in podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash immersive and of course if you're listening to this or watching this as a replay and the doors have closed don't worry Add yourself to the wait list and you'll be the first to know when we launch again in the new year. Let us dive into today's show. So joining me on today's show is Kelly Glover. Now, Kelly, she is herself someone who has been involved in podcasting since 2007, but now she is the founder of The Talent Squad and she specializes in booking podcast interviews for entrepreneurs, for authors and experts, and of course, people who are aspiring to become industry thought leaders. Now, with her 18-year track record and working in media, and of course, as I mentioned, she's starting podcast in 2007, she's hosted her very own syndicated show, a radio, she's worked as a talent agent, a celebrity interviewer, and she's produced award-winning podcasts at the network level. Now, on today's show, here's what Kelly is going to share. She's going to share, are you ready to pitch to podcast? She's going to share three things that you need to know before you hit send. She's going to talk about the anatomy of an online press um, and what you need or press kit. So what you need to have in it and what you don't. And she's also going to talk about the top five benefits of being a podcast guest. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you, Emery. It's such a pleasure to be here, especially with a pro like yourself. So I'm ready to just nerd. Oh, me too. Me too. Nerd out with you. You know what I'm so excited about um, now, and it's been growing for a while. Many years ago, and I'm sure you had the same thing when you mentioned, you know, you'd worked in podcasts. People would go, well, "What's a podcast? Isn't it a wonderful now that we don't have to explain what a podcast is?" Yeah, I was watching Channel 10 News last night and they spoke about Sandra Sully, I think, having a podcast. So for it to be on the nightly news report, touting it as an amazing thing is very different to when I started and people are kind of in radio laughing at you a little bit yes. going, oh, yes. she's in podcasting, you know. <laughs> and, and now, now we're, we're and now, now everyone's going, how do we tap into that space, which is awesome. Just before we dive into the, the things that you wanted to share, and I know you're going to provide value in that, what have you seen? I'm just interested. What have you seen? Seen as some of the the things that have changed maybe since you first started podcasting other than the fact that so many more people are starting to listen and consume that media so the change has 
sped up so much, Anne-Marie, in the last, I would say, three years. So I got in in about 2007. Mm. I was starting in community radio at Triple R. And back then it was radio with the ads cut out and the music cut out. That was a podcast. It was so complicated. Yes. I could. I can't even explain what I had to do to get it up and on because it was really difficult. And now it's you've got a Libsyn or whatever the platform, yep. Wooshka, and it's like just dragging and dropping a file. Yes. So the ease at which anybody can access it now is amazing. And like you said, it's gone from, you know, perceptually a guy in a garage under a, a blanket talking to his mates about whatever <laughs> chatty chat chat, nothing to a newsreader on the nightly news saying, hey, guys, I've got a podcast. Yes. So amazing. I think the evolution in the ease of use, in the barrier to entry, in in who is doing it, every, everything has changed in every aspect of podcasting. Yeah. I mean, no one really has um, a reason not to start. And one of the things that I'm often approached with, oh, I'm worried about technology. You know, what microphone should I get? Now, obviously the sound quality, there needs to be a level of quality there. But really I first started and, and used an, a, a headset. In fact, when I hired my first mentor after the two years we started in 2008, I, I did not use the headset I just started using because I got a brand new, you know, Apple. And they said, the audio teams, I think we can improve it slightly. What are you using? I said, I'm not using anything. So technology has just really improved. But I remember back in that day, we had blog talk radio and I'm sure it has now improved. But if I go back and listen to it, the sound quality, it sounds like we're underwater in a submarine. Yeah. It's it's yeah. shocking. So really no I one say, has, has uh, you know, if you think good technology is too hard, as you've said, I totally agree. It is so easy. It is so easy. Um, yeah, Blog Talk Radio was kind of sounded like two tin cans and a little <laughs> string. It did. But it was, but it was easy to use and great yeah. way for people to get started. And um, on what I'm using today is just an ATR 2100 yeah. plus a you know $15 mic stand and a little $3 pop cover. So it is easy and economical to get started with good sound. Yeah, yeah. And I equate that to would you show up to a job interview wearing shorts and thongs? Probably not. If all you're if you're showing up to a podcast interview, you need to sound your best because all you have is the sound. Yeah, exactly. So so you can get in at an entry level price. Yeah. And one of the things and we're going to dive into this now, um, because of the ease of getting started, it's it's fantastic. However, one of the things that I always say is you really need to worry about your message before the make and model of the microphone, because if the content is not engaging, compelling and interesting, people are just not going to stick around and listen or want to subscribe and come back for. Similarly now, and this is an area where you're really showcasing your expertise, where business owners who are looking at tapping into the audience of podcasts, other podcasts around the globe, yes, it is easy to reach out to them, but because now there's far more competition as far as, you know, getting on those shows, there are things that you should be doing and things that you shouldn't be doing. And can I tell you, Kelly, from someone who has been getting emails and, and you know, communication, can I come on your show? There are some horror stories that I cannot, even from PR agents who have reached out and have done things that you see, you're really not putting the best foot forward for your client or for you. So let's dive in. You've got three things that you want to share with people today. Beware that you have these in place before you start pitching. What's number one? 
Yeah. So, and I do want to use you as a little bit of a case study in our interview, Anne-Marie, because people know your show and they can also know what and how to pitch you. And you've already covered some of the things. Mm. So you're a real life case study of you're on the receiving end. So that's important to know what hosts think, right? Yes. So the first thing you need to have when you pitch the podcast is, as you said, messaging. Mm. So you need to know what topics, what talking points, what angles you want to pitch. You need to have your sound bites ready before you even pitch so you know what you're going after. Mm -hmm. And you even need to have your call to action ready. So who are you, the, and the other thing is the goal. Who are you reaching and what action do you want them to take as a result of hearing you on the show? So it's starting with the end in mind mm -hmm. and then reverse engineering it. Yeah. Um, and those are, yeah, so the messaging and the goal because otherwise you're going on, you're having a nice chat and you're going to be disappointed that what you didn't even know you wanted isn't happening. So you're never going to succeed. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, one of the things that you then want to go and find out more about is, is that show relevant for me? Because some of that, the outcome that you may want or what you're looking for may be a completely different audience. So, you know, one of the stories that I'll often share is as I was reading an article and where one speaker didn't do this and you can use it the same, you know, for a podcast, so the examples that she used were was um was not relevant and in actual fact offended the audience so similarly who is the audience you know and, and and what kind of information is that podcast known for is that something else that you see many businesses not doing in their research yeah so that's you figure out your messaging you're figuring out your goal and then you're figuring out like part of who you want to speak to, what action do you want them to take? So yeah. when you're sourcing, it's quite a process of finding the show before you even pitch. Mm. So it's, does the host, number one, does the show have guests? You mm. would be surprised how many people pitch a show where they don't even have guests. Yes. There are women's show talking to mums and people, males will pitch them when all the guests are mums. Mm. Or so you've got to look at the show and um, you know, if you're a vegan podcast, well, a butcher is not going to be the person ideal <laughs> guest for that. It's like, that's yeah. a really crude example of, but, but, but it's got true. To consider it. And yeah. people just will use blanket cut and paste. So every pitch that you need to send out, you have to have listened to the show. Yeah. And it's about, are you a fit for the show? Is the show a fit for you, but are you a fit for the show as well? It's got to work both ways. Yes. And you also are competing against the back catalog. So if you've looked there and there's been 10 people with the same message and content that you already have, well, it's not smart to pitch that show because it shows that you don't understand what's gone previous to mm. you. You don't understand the guest mix. So I would not pitch something someone two episodes did before me because you've already covered that. Yeah. Which isn't to say that I wouldn't be a great guest. I just have to pick something else to pitch mm. to you. And if it was a year ago, fine, but two weeks ago, probably not. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into even before you pitch. The other consideration are what has the guest lineup been? Mm. If Tim Ferriss was on last week and Gary Vaynerchuk was on the week before, you know what? I'm probably not at the caliber <laughs> to pitch myself for that show or have someone <laughs> yeah. pitch me because I'm just not there. Yeah. Even if the show is amazing and I'd love to be on it, it would be incorrect of me to go after that caliber of show yes so there's many things to think of uh, you've got to do baby steps before you get to the big guns mm. so they're just a few of the things before you pitch plus you need to have your assets in place which would be your one sheet and your online media kit 
Yeah, for sure. One of the things that you said there is about do research from the show. Do they even take guests? It's so true. I mean, I've um, had we've had shows that we've we've hosted and produced who who are no longer taking guests because they're no longer in production. It was a specific season, and we still get you know um, requests. And it's like, well, you obviously really haven't gone in depth to find out if that show is still in in production. And so, um, you know, every action and interaction, being a personal branding strategy just as, as my trade so to speak every brand and you know it speaks your brand so if you're not doing your research that kind of shows and said well I might have a potential um, connection for another podcast that I think this would be fantastic for you to go on but how you approach me is going to determine whether or not I give that recommendation so everything that you've said from a host's point of view absolutely and one of the things and I know that um, you know having a few guests on previously about PR and specifically you know TV and radio pick up a specific topic that that guest did speak about can you take it to a different angle or to a different depth or provide a different opinion around that so you can still bring your your voice to that message but you're taking it from a different angle and I think a lot of businesses don't really see that connection and therefore, you know, missing out on on those opportunities. Now, you mentioned about assets, key assets in place, and you're going to share what is the anatomy of this online press kit, because I think many people get that wrong too, don't they? Yeah, I don't think it's a thing yet. People know the word press kit, but I don't think they're using it in the right way. And I used to be a podcast producer, Mm. so I invented this or came up with it. press kits have been around forever. Yeah. Please no, I did not invent a press kit, but having the structure in one spot because it's as a producer or as a host, what I want from the guests. So it takes hours of work away mm. from them. So the first thing I do is get professional headshots. So, well, you can even get headshots on an iPhone these days are pretty great, but I'm talking about not a, sh- a snapshot from 1986 that you've uploaded and scanned or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then have a range of them. So have one on just a white background, have one in a, in a lifestyle shot, have a three quarter one, have a full body, have a range of them. And that way, if you have your photography, you know that they're going to pick the best one. They're not going to do a right click save as from the internet. Mm. That's terrible. And you're also in control of your personal branding because essentially you're providing approved high resolution photographs. Mm-hmm. Um, the other things I'd have in there is your logo. Again, a transparent logo and, and what other variations of logo you have. Maybe it's a square, maybe it's vertical, maybe it's horizontal, whatever. Often shows, and this go, everything I'm saying go, actually goes for every media, not just yeah. podcasting. Mm. Um, they might put that on the promo of the shows. And if you've made that available and all they have to do is download it, then yes. you've got your exact logo in the right format ready to go and it's not going to be some pixelated mess because that does reflect on your brand what it other does. people use with it yeah. um a bio and i would have multiple biographies in my online media press kit so i'd have a short one one the host can read whether they do or not it doesn't matter mm. it's available i'd have the long one which i describe as the bio you wish everybody would read but doesn't and then the shorter ones you'd even have a company bio as well for your business Um, if you're an author, I'd have a range of book covers in there Mm. that you can easily download along with a link to say a net galley where the host can read your book or read a abbreviated version of your book. Mm -hmm. So you're really taking the work away 
from the host in the searching element and you're just giving providing everything for them that they in would the need yeah. i put a copy of the one sheet in the online press kit so they can do a right just so they don't have to trawl through all their emails to find it it's mm -hmm. just bang it's there with all your talking points you can have um extended talking points so if your email has say three talking points your one sheet has five well, you can put every talking point you want on here under categories and that gives if they've covered something they'll pick they're not going to use all of them but they'll be they'll zone in and go that's the one that i want to talk about mm -hmm. um videos if you've done a ted talk or something from a youtube channel to show what you look like and what you sound like so they know ahead of time um, past interviews of podcasts to prove hey i've done this before these are great shows that i've done any awards any articles if they apply they may they may mm. not and then of course you're contacting info yeah um something else i like because i do live between australia and the us is a scheduling link mm -hmm. so you can just click on it and it figures out the time zones because that is a problem is it daylight saving is it central time is it your tuesday my tuesday click on the link it shows up in the calendar and if daylight changing say changes or you move countries it will show up in the calendar correctly yes so, so important there's a lot in there but i think it's all hugely important and yeah. also your socials if you've got your personal socials your business socials sometime that could be 15 across all the links mm. so instead of you and marie cross having to go and find them all you have to do is go oh click 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 there it job is. done yeah and that's what you what you're saying is so valuable i mean we obviously have our own process however there have been times where a guest has not sent a, a core component and my team has gone had to go and google find something that they think is that person we've had someone come back because we've asked them repeatedly can you send us an image that one of my team's gone to get the image and we've got contacted that's actually actually not me <laughs> or it's oh years old years old and I said well you know because we ha we're going live the show is up for publication um and and even with repeated um you know um connecting they haven't gotten back to us and that kind of thing and I, I know from a from a media point of view journalists and reporters it's a small world people talk and so, you know, if you make it difficult for a podcast host, in this case, we're talking podcasting, difficult to get your content out there, to showcase you, they're certainly not going to ask you to come back, even if, if they really think a, a follow-up uh, conversation down the track, because of the fact that it's made, you made it so difficult. I'm sure you've got a million stories, but we won't talk about that. But certainly what you've spoken about in one easy spot, and you can use it across multiple different media. Yeah. You can use it for yourself in your own messaging because it's essentially a messaging vault as well. Yes. So many times I just cut and paste what I've got because I've already crafted that language so well. It's just perfectly written to put in different places. Yes. And that guest you speak of, you're not going to get them back on the show. And not only that, you're not going to refer them to other hosts saying, right. oh, Barbara was a great guest because she wasn't. Mm -hmm. And you should have that headshot ready to go at an instant click because what if you get called up and there's some news item in across any media and you need to go on TV and they need that for to flash up on the screen or a B-roll, it's not yeah. there. Yes. So that should be one link send in 30 seconds and they have everything because they're going to move to the next person. They are. You're not the only, whatever you're an expert in, you're probably not the only expert and mm -hmm. they will go to the media ready expert who is not as good as you if they are available at a moment's notice. Yeah.
Yeah. And all of those um, components that you shared as part of that, I know for me, you know, we might have different files and, and different areas and where's that new headshot? If it's all in the one place, you just send people to that and then they can take. I love that. Um, I even use it myself. Yeah, I'll yeah. download it myself from my own press kit when someone asks for something because yeah. I know it's one there it is. quick download. So I'm using it myself to send out my own things to other people. So handy. Yeah, so, so handy. handy. So, I mean, I love the fact that you're going to speak about um, some of the benefits and, in fact, the top five of being a podcast guest. I know through having my own podcast and of course being guests on other podcasts, the benefits, but it's always good to get multiple voices to confirm and validate just how awesome it is when you are being approached. And also, of course, we're talking about pitching to get on different podcasts. So what are you seeing as being the top five benefits? Okay, so Anne-Marie, it is so hard to just pick five, but I, I couldn't say, here's the 47 <laughs> yeah. benefits. Too many. How long have you got? So, <laughs> so yeah, so, and I just want to, and I even had to sneak one in because I just couldn't not say it. It's not a benefit, but it, think of podcasts as the speaker gig you can do without leaving the house. Yeah. Oh, so you got me the right the there overall, as an introvert. That's the overall, yeah. <laughs> and it's great. It is a benefit for introverts mm. is really, it's a one-on-one -on -one chat. Yeah. Um, you're saving the travel time, you're saving on accommodation, you're saving on the conference ticket, you're saving yeah. on the networking, you're not having time away from your family, you don't have to get the Uber or the train to that. Like the cost is unbelievable. Yeah. Did you know that so there's a movement starting up called hashtag flight shame? No. Yeah, but a previous yeah, previous guest was just there's a whole movement that's starting that when you think of the amount of uh, fuel that is being used that's damaging the environment from here then everywhere and meetings and stuff that could be done and, and delivered virtually. So yeah, flight shame. Wow. Oh, I'm just mainly thinking about <laughs> cutting down on travel time and yeah, costs. I know. But, but look if you're doing a good people, good for the horrible. environment as well. But no, it's true. It's it's a virtual stage. And now of course when we've we're now streaming live across multiple platforms and I may just be getting LinkedIn soon too. So that that'll be great. I mean what opportunity that that you have to be able to not only do an audio but also video component and streaming too. Amazing. Um, and the way I think about it is people always talk about well, how many people in the audience, how many downloads. And sorry, I will get to the five in a second. I told you I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't resist. Um, but I think niche audience, would you fly to a conference for an audience and speak to a room of 500 people or a thousand people that are your ideal audience? Mm. Yes. So therefore, smaller podcasts are the same as that. But it's it's like being in a room and you can go in any time you want for years to come. It's yes. the never-ending on-demand. Oh, they're a warm audience. Gig. People don't yeah. un understand that. It's the niched audience, they're more engaged. And if you've, yeah, I totally agree. So I'm like, I just, oh God, I'm such a nerd. I get the goosebumps. All right, so expert status, first of all. So it's being a benefit of being a guest on podcasts is that you are known as an authority in your field. So you're either going to elevate that or reinforce it. Mm. So if you're new, you can build yourself up. If you're already there, you just keep going reminder, reminder, reminder. So it helps you stand out from everybody else who isn't on podcast mm. and it's true influence. I don't mean the influencers on Instagram with the cool little, you know, looking amazing. I mean, actually really influencing people mm. to take action and do something. Yes. So I think expert status is the top one 
for being a benefit of being on a podcast. Yes, so true. We know that when people, are, and we've heard this before, when people stand up on physical stages, there's something about them speaking that elevates them to that influencer, that that knowledgeable person. And this is, we're talking about the knowledge industry. Similarly with podcasting too. Yeah. And that's literal as well. You're on a stage, yeah. literally physically elevated in front mm -hmm. of people talking the one to the many. Yep. Um, the other one is exposure. Yes. So that would be exposure to new audiences, exposure to a niche audience and exposure to an engaged audience. Yeah. They're already curated. Mm -hmm. So it's not starting your own audience from scratch, speaking to the same people. It's speaking to other people's audiences. So I look at that as instead of throwing one party yourself annually, you can go to 52 parties a year that and don't have to do the dishes. All yeah. you have to do is show up. Yes. And just be awesome. One thing that you're talking um, about that reminded me of a conversation that I've had often too, as a consumer of podcasts and my own behavior and also studies and other things that I've read in the past too, of, of people who are doing research on podcasting. There's something about a podcast listener that is engaged with that particular host, that when that host brings on that person, the trust that's been built with that host, if that host seems to be trusting of that person and, and it, that trust is part passed on how many times I've listened to a podcast and they said oh you need to get this person's book or you need to do this I'm there on my phone going you know over to Kindle and and so we are invested in that and so the the purchase and the buy-in is so much greater for that smaller niche audience yeah it's funny that you say that Emery because the next one I've got is relationships but there's yeah. two relationships okay so one is the audience, which is a warm introduction from the host, which is exactly what you've said. And it's like if you're going on a date, if mm. you're on um, whatever a dating app is, I only do it once a year annually, then I give up. Like, that's it for me. <laughs> but, um, but or your friend says, hey, you know, this is Jeremy. Um, I've known him for 10 years you're more likely to go on that and it's a pre, sort of pre-vetted yes. and it's like, okay, or, or if they recommend a restaurant, like, okay, great. Well, they've already been there. I trust them. They mm. like it. I probably like it. So it's already a pre-introduction. So there's that relationship. And then the other thing, this is what people don't think of is the relationship between the guest and the host, mm. because then that relationship is, I could be your client. You could be my client. You could be an affiliate. There could be cross promotion. There could be partnerships. We could do referrals yes. between each other. I could come on the show again. If I've got a show, I can invite you on the show. We could see each other at conference. There's all, so the relationship between the guest and the host is often actually can turn into a client or a relationship yeah. more beneficial than someone that listens to the show. So they're more relationships as yeah, well. Yeah, I totally agree um, with that. Totally. Yeah. I've even had situations a number of times that uh, I have gotten off the show and, and had opportunities to speak on virtual platforms, in-person platforms. I've even had people that have hired me from that interview. Have you got an opportunity to, to chat? And I think, as you said, people don't recognize the value, which is why it's so important to every stage of the relationship what we've just spoken about is so key because it's building that no like and trust to the point that possibly there could be a discussion for an, an ongoing opportunity yeah yeah and the other thing is time and again there's two parts to the benefit of time which is i think it expedites the no like and trust factor mm. because instead of reading a blog post like, and again, reverse engineer everything. What do you do? Okay, I'm on my phone. I might read a few lines. I might scroll. I might not know who it's written by. I may see a picture. I may just get the headings. But in a podcast, 
you're hearing the person's voice. If it's video, you're seeing them. You're spending probably 30 to 60 minutes with them. They're speaking on the thing that they know the best. You can hear how passionate, you can tell if you like them or not, yeah. or if you, they're your personality or not. You'll still learn something, even if you're mm. not going to work with them. And um, one of the stats I know is it's, I think, 86% of podcast listeners listen to most or all of the mm. interview. So instead of a blog post or an article that you skim through, a YouTube video, you might watch 60 seconds, turn off, watch the TV, whatever it is, people will listen to the whole show because yeah. they consider it as a start to finish proposition. Yeah. And especially if you as are engaging. just a piece. Yeah. 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 And when like engagement, if, if you're car, passionate. Yeah. I will, I, I will listen to the whole thing. So I'll listen to the, oh, and you hear people in language every day. Oh, I've got to finish that podcast. I'm in the middle of a podcast. Yeah. So they look at it as a whole entity, but you don't think, oh, I've got to finish that whole YouTube video. Yeah. Which, Shh, I need to finish reading That's this not... article. It doesn't happen. It just, you just yeah, skim oh, that. I'm in the middle of reading an article. Well, or I'm in the middle of, maybe if you're reading a book, that's yeah. different, but still. Um, so I think the time factor, like getting 30 minutes or 60 minutes of somebody's time, good luck with that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everything that you've just said, I mean, inside I'm going, yes, yes, yes. One of the things yeah. that I have often, read, I mean, and I've, I've even asked my community, what would you rather... What, what what do you think has the most impact? Reading LOL, as in laugh out loud, or hearing oh. something? I mean, I don't know about you, but if I hear people laughing, there's something in me that just starts laughing. I don't even know what they're yeah. laughing at, but I, I'm compelled to laugh. That's the kind of engagement you had with the audience. And I think that the podcast is the next step. So if you read, if you see a Facebook ad, if you see a post, if you're in a community, if you read a blog post, you see a video, this is actually the spending time with someone, which is what all those are leading up to. So yes. it just jumps straight to that. Yeah. And people are smart. They'll make a decision. Like there's people right now that are loving me and there's people right now who probably think I'm really annoying. <laughs> and that's great because then that rules me in or rules me out and that's fine. You'll still learn something. Mm. Um, so I think it rules in and rules out who is who you are the best person for. Yeah. Um, the other thing is the SEO benefits. So mm. if you, most shows have show notes, in that if you use your keywords in the interviews if they get transcribed if you're in the show notes you've got backlinks so people will from this interview find me from they will go to you and then i'm a secondary of that so you show up in all different places not just your own website yeah so true one of the strategies for you ah oh, it's brilliant one of the strategies that i often will use um if i'm working with someone to launch their own podcast especially if they've got an seo team and the seo team says well our strategy is going to be to really rank high as we can with these words and and, and phrases so if we can and it makes sense and in this one instance it did the name of the podcast were the keywords that they wanted to rank so so every time someone mentions is that key, you know, that keyword or the, the name yep. of the podcast, bang, there it goes. So true. And these things are all these little golden nuggets that I think people don't know about or they don't do correctly or they haven't taken the time to to really have a, a clear strategy around. And you continue to do that continuously on every single pod. It's not going to take long before you get a reputation as being a great guest. You provide awesome value. You're a nice person and they want to hang out with you anyway, that you will start to be recommended. And of course, the, the people that you attract from those audiences who may be at a stage that they want to know more because they're they're ready to make a decision you know as to getting support so 
Yeah, so valuable. What would you say? I mean, we 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 could probably talk for for the rest of the day on this because we're yeah, both that's so just passionate. Five, guys. That's yeah. just five. <laughs> yes, yeah. So what would what would be one last? I mean, obviously, before we leave, we're going to share with people how they can connect with you, find out more about the services and the support you do. But if you were to leave with one insight, particularly for someone who may, I mean, if after listening to you now, if you, if they're not yet convinced that either starting a podcast and getting on other people's podcast is a great strategy moving forward. Thinking about where you see now podcasts heading, if people aren't implementing this strategy soon, where do you think that's going to leave them? Because podcasting, even though it's been around for a while, it's still quite new in the terms of, of marketing, isn't it? But if people aren't tapping into this, this media, where do you think that's going to leave them? I'm going to say something unpopular here, Anne-Marie, and you need to start yesterday because I can already see from being, I've been guest booking full-time since 2014. Oh my goodness me, that's five years. I've already booked like 2,000 podcasts. I'm not great with maths. I just had to do it. Is that correct? Oh my gosh, (laughs) goodness me. Um, And it's getting so competitive. Yeah. And the shows, the longer they're around, the harder it is to get in there. And I've seen shows that I could book my clients on before, even though I know the host and I'm pitching Mm. them there. Well, I contact them and they're saying, well, yeah, now we're after Will Smith or whatever, Mm. where I used to be able to, my clients would be there. So the, the quality of the shows are moving up, the ranks of the guests are moving up. And shows that might get one pitch a day maybe now be getting 50 pitches a day. Mm. And so this a weekly show has 52 spots. 50 pitches a day is like 18,000 a year. So what is going to, what are you going to show up as one of those 52? Yes. So you have to really be prepared and you also know it's competitive. Yeah. But then it's what do you do once you have that opportunity? Yeah. You've got to nail it. It's not enough just to land the interview. Yeah. You have to strategically be smart about how you present yourself in that interview. Otherwise you're going to be the lady without the headshot and yeah. you're, you're wasting your money and your time yeah. and the other person's time. So true. But Emery, how many pictures do you get? What have you seen in the last, since you've started your podcast and you have so many of them, mm. what has been the evolution of pictures? And you said you've received some bad PR ones. Yeah, so absolutely. It's okay with you. I'd love to hear from a host perspective. Yeah what you see yeah we have um over the years it's as you can imagine it's been increasing to the point now where i hardly am able even my team uh very everything that you've said are very much more um you know specific in what we need and we are turning a lot more away and in fact now too because of the the fact that now we're using our podcasts more as building thought leadership one of the things that i'm saying to my clients is make sure that not only are you very niched in the guests that you have on your show but that the core component of your show is also you solo so that you're sharing your expertise so it's a mixture of that which means that there's less shows of the 52 that unless of course someone just wants to do an interview show something else that i'm also noticed too is the fact that we know now and and you and i have just confirmed this that people are now using their podcasts as a way to network and build relationships 
So that means the people who have already got podcasts and who have been podcasting for a while or they are thought leaders or aspiring thought leaders and they're providing valuable content, they themselves are now networking with other podcasters, which means there's a reciprocal, let's get on my show, I'll go on your show. And so that's minimizing the time slots that are available and open for just businesses who may not have a podcast, never want to have a podcast. But again, that's additional competition and time slots that are just not available anymore to the point now where I have turned away previous awesome, awesome people such as yourself, you know, um, other interview booking agencies. And I've just said, look, I'm sorry, we're not taking guests requests anymore. We're actually going out and seeking out and hand selecting those people that we want to work with. And in actual fact, someone came and said to me, we would like to know the, the, um, how many downloads that you've had. And instantly I went, aha, because here's the thing, when you are invited, and I agree with everything that you said, when someone is requesting, can I come on your show? I'm noticing because businesses, and they're fine to charge for that when, when individual businesses are being, you know, investing in services to get them on shows, they want to have a certain what's the ROI in, involved. But as a potential guest in business, this is what I have just as a word of just not caution, but just be mindful that what you've said, a niche audience that is very warm, that has built the relationship with that particular host is valuable. And so if you lead the conversation with how many downloads do you have or how long have you been going for, you're tarnishing the the, the opportunity. And I've just said to them, look, um, well, we're listed in the top four or five, you know, over the years, but we're not taking guests anymore. So yeah. And never, never ask that. Never, ever, no. ever ask that ever. Just advice to everybody. That is a blacklist. And we yes. would, we would never ask a show yeah. that ever. It's like, how much money do you make a year? That, that, yeah. that really is, is, is isn't it? it, it that's that yeah. kind of question. Yeah. Cause you're asking to be a guest on their show. So yeah. the answer is none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit, but yeah, there's other ways to, and yes, anyway. Yeah. 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 And do you have any numbers on how often or frequently you're getting pitched or I'm sure it's, oh. I, I expect, I actually expect it's thousands of times a year. Yeah. Yes, it sure. is. It is I mean, thousands of times a year. You don't have year. to reveal it, but I just. Yeah, no, it is. And I'm know. even finding people connecting with me on LinkedIn now. I'm um, love to connect with you. I, I, I'd love to come on your show. Well, oh, same. I don't even have a show. I yeah. don't even have a show. And the last I had a show and the episode was published four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I'll say, oh, and what show would that be? Yeah. Um, but usually I just say I actually don't yeah. have a show. But, so, yeah. But I've got so many emails that um, that I could go through. And we now have specific email um, that only our, you know, coordinators would get, and it just sits there. So, and, and I know it sounds horrible, but if you can imagine, if you get hundreds of pictures, there's just no way that you can get back to, you know, two people. Um, and, and so, um, you know, we're even thinking of setting up autoresponders to say, we used to like to respond personally and say, look, we'll, we'll put you on the wait list. And if we need, if we're going, you know, down that track, but, um, and it's ever increasing and, and there's so many different things that even are starting out too. I mean, you, you, you get people who that are coming in and saying, Hey, we can help like and share and get your podcast to the top of iTunes or Apple podcasts now and no. all that kind of stuff. And it's like, no, don't do that kind of thing. You know, we just block and we just don't even bother with those kind of emails. And so what are you looking for in a pitch? What do you love and what do you hate? 
Well, I love, um, obviously, if someone has listened to a show and they specific, and you can tell by the email, because one of the things that I warn people, don't write, well, obviously you have your standard, like kind of information that you send, but you can tell when people do things like um, mass email, dear so-and-so, and you know that you're, because it says, you know, list of podcasters or whatever, or what they've done is they've copied and pasted your particular show in there and it's a different font. Just little things like that you can tell. It's just not personalised. And and I think it's in, even in stages, like, you know, someone might follow you for a little while and they'll see a comment on, on Twitter or something like that and then they'll comment back or they'll give some value or, or contribute into the conversation because I'm, I'm now looking for people who are thought leaders in their industry or who can talk about some topic to help people become thought leaders. So I'm more interested in what's going on around, you know, in that and can you participate in a conversation and then from there um, there might be an opportunity to to pitch so we're probably at that stage but really someone who has listened to the show who's aware of the audience and who has given um, you know some topics that they know would be relevant and those sound bites if you will in short succinct succinct you know question um, statements of the value that they're going to offer and if they can tie that back to a couple of shows that we've had that that kind of thing makes the the most impact I think looking yeah. for the gaps is important as well. Yeah. Like if I look through your back catalogue and I see, oh, you've talked about this, this and this, but not that, I see the white space. I'm like, hey, have you thought about this? Yes. And then therefore I'm offering a topic that you haven't covered that you might like. And also I'm referring to, you can you can build on previous topics that show listeners would appreciate. And also, again, the what nobody else is talking about but should be. Yeah. Why talk about the same thing? Yeah. It needs and that, to be something different. That's always been my um, my philosophy too. And, in fact, you know, often people say, I want to get the big names on, the sh- on my show. How do I do that? And I've always had the opposite. I don't want to talk to the people with the big names. The reason being is they're so promoted already and they've probably got their own podcast. Everyone knows pr- pretty much everything anyway and they can find out on the- I want to talk to the people who are doing great things, who are, you know, who are most relevant to my audience. And so for me, that's the kind of person I'm looking for. What's that unique story? Uh, an angle that obviously is very much relating to to my um, to my audience for sure and relationship building. There's a lot of different avenues that I'm looking for in um, you know in in guests, and you can tell you can tell the the people who are just in it for their own publicity. And I think we're at a stage now where it, the, the world is small and it's getting smaller with the connections being made. And I think you look at podcasting not just as a PR. Um, you know, exercise, which it is, of course, but it's a relationship building exercise because in what you've said so beautifully, and I agree with and say all the time too, you're building a relationship with that host and that could but turn also, into other yeah. opportunities. Yeah. But also you need to walk your talk. So if you're saying the thing, you need to have done the thing or do the thing or, you know what I mean, yes. walk your talk. Um, I think that's hugely important and give, don't hold back. Yeah. Like, and don't say in my book, in this, in that, in my course, blah de blah. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll sound like a used car salesman and just leave it all on the table. Yeah. That's yeah. the way I look at it. I'm like, 
what I tell you is what I know. Yeah. If you give so much value that people are going, oh my gosh, you know, I need to take notes, need to take notes, then that's going to, they're going to remember you. They're going to remember you. I know that they're the sort of people that I want to go and, and stalk and find out, do they have a podcast? You know, what can I access yeah. of theirs? Um, rather than being so sparse and saying, well, you can get more of my book. I mean, I think those days are gone where those pitchy, kind of um i know and yeah i know i certainly wouldn't do that and i wouldn't expect someone to do that on my show either yeah. don't get me yeah. wrong if you're an author please say the name of your book i need oh, to know yes. it so i can look it up <laughs> yes. but also it's not multiple never-ending references to it yeah um and yeah and i think also have some interview practice yes winging it is a waste so even if you practice to yourself just with your little computer talking to yourself getting used to it it's going to make you a better interviewee so when it comes to the real thing you've got your talking points you're comfortable with your messaging you can mm. answer the questions if the host hasn't read the book just assuming the book or the website done the research whatever mm. it is i know you do significant research, Amory, you are definitely not in this category, but sometimes you have to run your own interview from the inside without mm. taking over and being the host. And that is a skill. Yes. So I think people think I can talk, I can do a podcast interview. I'm great. Well, that's the same as me saying I can run a 5k. I can go to the Olympics. No, I can't. <laughs> so you just need to do your practicing before and, and practicing is all it is in private before you take the stage yeah. in which case is a podcast it's so true there are so there are so many different it's communication strategies and, and techniques and we hear a lot about storytelling 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 and so what people do they go to either extreme they go to too much selling or you know they, they don't use compelling ways of sharing a story that compels people and entices them to want to know more so one of the things that i'm starting to talk about a little bit more is you know really compelling storytelling will get you know effective story selling but you've got to do it in a very strategic way drop little seeds and and you know metaphors and 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 that kind of you know case studies when it's when you bring it forward with authenticity and it's engaging and building rapport because you're tapping into the nuances of your audience that's when the storytelling becomes that story selling you don't need to push 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 and and unfortunately a lot of people are still getting that stuck which is a whole different story and, and podcast episode on its own but um, I've loved our conversation today, Kelly. How can people find out more about the Talent Squad and what you do? Do a little bit of a pitch. Um, you've provided so much value. We'd love for you to share a little bit more about what talent, the Talent Squad does and how they can connect with you. Great. So thetalentsquad.com. I always just give one call to action. That's just another little tip from inside the interview. So um, thetalentsquad.com. And we do book entrepreneurs on podcast tours. And also, if you want to DIY, we teach you how to get your own messaging in place, how to pitch the media, and then also how to um, get the strategies so you nail the interview. Mm, so fantastic. you can pitch yourself or you can do an agency, but just get in now regardless of what you do. Yeah. Start getting yourself on podcasts and start from the lower level and work your way up that ladder. Yeah, fantastic. Before and you know course... it, you'll be on Anne-Marie's <laughs> web. Um, 
interview, yeah. maybe. Oh, maybe. start your own and we can help you yeah. with that. There we go. So thetalentsquad.com. Look, Kelly, I have absolutely loved speaking with you today. As as I mentioned, we could probably geek out about podcasts to, for the rest of the day, but uh, we'll certainly leave it here and, and, and encourage those of you who are looking to become more visible through booking yourself and getting featured on other people's podcasts. Please go and check out Kelly at thetalentsquad.com. Thanks once again for coming on the show, Kelly. Thank you, Anne-Marie. I look forward to many more interviews and I do take notes, but I type them instead of write them when I listen to your show. (laughs) Bye for now. You've been listening to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Want to learn how to leverage your expertise, monetize your message, while become known as an authority in your field? Access our free industry thought leader podcast series to show you how at www.annemariecross.com forward slash podcast series. That's annemariecross.com forward slash podcast series.